Welcome to the Oasis Unstacked, where we cover NFTs, the metaverse, crypto gaming, and everything in between. Welcome, Jesse, to Oasis Unstacked. It's great to have you on the show with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Excited to be here. Great. So we have Jesse today, who is the founder and COO of Pixelcraft Studios, which is a gaming studio and publisher of the really popular NFT game called Avagachi, which offers provably rare DeFi staked crypto collectibles that's powered by Aave. And this is a project that launched, I believe, back in March 2021, right? So quite recent this year. Jesse, how do you feel so far launching one of the more popular NFT games? It's been a journey for sure. We have had a lot of fortune on our side in terms of the timing, but I guess you make your own fortune. So we got started about a year ago, although you're right that the NFTs themselves, the first NFT drop was in March of earlier this year. And then last year, September 2020 is when we actually kind of kickstarted the project And that was through the release of our GHST token, which is a a fair release governance token. So we basically put out a a very high tech sounding tech called a a bonding curve. It's a smart contract with a release schedule and it mints tokens in proportion to the demand for it. So totally fair release in that way. And that was the technical beginning of Avagachi. But really, you're right. It started in a, the next phase was in March when the actual Avagachis came out. And these are cute little pixelated ghosts that kind of live up to the name of a Tamagotchi. I mean, there's a reason we named them after the reference to those 1990s keychain pets. Pretty much because, you know, there's so many subgenres of NFTs, but one of the applications is the kind of idea of a crypto pet. And so we wanted to take a closer look at the crypto pet space and see what we could do. And if there were some room for improvement and innovation there. Personally, I'd been in the NFT space for about three years now, which I guess is like a lifetime in NFT years. But I got started with one of the first places where you could go and mint your own NFTs without any technical skill. So that was like late 2018. And then moved on to experimenting with some of the different ways you can use NFTs. For example, I made a project called BullionX where it was the first project where you could have an NFT that actually held a balance of ERC-20 tokens, like normal cryptocurrencies, and you could deposit them into it almost like a NFT piggy bank. And so that's kind of the iterations, like working with all these different smaller projects that led to the cumulative idea of Avagachi, which is a playable NFT. It's a crypto pet. It's an NFT bank, but it's also much, much more. And and I'd love to go through that today and and see why so many people are excited about it. It's definitely been a journey for sure. So could you elaborate more on that NFT bank concept, right? Because you, Aave, is the popular DeFi lending and borrowing platform, and you have named yourselves Avagochi. How does Aave tie into the game and the NFTs? Yeah, that's a great question, Elle. So I forgot that, yeah, the Gachi part references Tamagachi. The front of the name, Aave, A-A-V-E, that references the DeFi protocol. What we basically did is we took, me and my co-founder, Coder Dan, we went to the guys at Aave after we had done pretty well in one of their hackathons with a, a separate project we created. We did well there, got their attention, got to know the team. And we said, hey, you know, we're looking at doing another iteration of the technology we've pioneered with BullionX, but we don't want to do it with, um, in that case, it was gold-backed stablecoins. That's why it's called bullion, like gold bullion. 
So we want to do it with these yield generating cryptocurrencies. If you could put currency into an NFT and actually earn an interest rate on that, that would be much more compelling to a wider audience. We're pretty confident of that. And Ave is the blue chip leader in this space. And you guys have all these different various tokens that natively earn yield in your wallet. It's one of the best things. Like it's so, I love intuitive products. And when you have an Ave version of a token sitting in your MetaMask wallet, for example, it just naturally goes up in value, like the quantity. So like yes, yesterday you had a thousand A-Link, for example, sitting in your wallet. And whatever the interest rate is at that day, if you log into the next day, you might see it at 1,001 or 1,002. So it's really intuitive. You don't have to push any buttons. You don't have to do anything. And you just wake up with more tokens in your wallet. It's a powerful, intuitive system they've built. So we said, what if you could put those inside an NFT? And we talked to the Stanny and the leadership there, and they were very, very supportive. They gave us a grant to kind of pursue the idea and that grant of, I think it was 5,000 USDC, 5,000 stable coins, led to us being able to really uh, get the basic infrastructure for the game kind of in motion, figure out the art style, figure out a couple key team members that could come in early and help finish off the pieces that were needed, including the smart contract side. And yeah, that was kind of the starting point. So Ave have been very supportive from the very beginning started with that grant. And then after a few months of initial success with what we pioneered with that bonding curve, they even came in with the company we formed. We had some uh, company formation was part of that cost. And they came in and, and actually became a minority shareholder of Pixelcraft Studios, which is now our Singapore-based company that is building out the ecosystem for Avagachi. That's really awesome. And you have a bunch of other NFTs and technical details here, right? So for example... I know the images are stored on chain and you also have a whole host of wearables, right? Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, that's uh, part of what makes Avogachi's a bit different from a lot of the projects that are out there today. So I like to say there's layers to this and it really is like an onion. And if you want to, you can just enjoy kind of the surface level, have a cute crypto pet that's an Avogachi. But if you're more interested in, in the long-term viability of it and some of the power that's under the hood, then it gets really interesting. So you mentioned they're on-chain. And what that means is a lot of NFTs, all an NFT really is, is a bit of metadata stored inside a token. So it's a token with unique data. And that data can be anything that is programmed to be. A lot of them just have a URL address that points to wherever the image you see is stored. So for example, you might see a cute animal or something in it. It's actually the data on that token that's being pulled is a URL point of maybe an AWS server or maybe something that's a bit of a hybrid storage solution that uses like a IPFS or something like that. But it's a much shorter list of projects that are able to programmatically put all the visual data into that metadata natively where it doesn't have to point to some outside URL. And um, it's one of the reasons we decided to go with the Avogachis being a pixelated kind of old school uh, visual representation because they're really lightweight SVG files. So everybody talks about NFTs and JPEGs, right? Like, oh, it's all about the mm -hmm. JPEG. <laughs> We'd like to argue that JPEGs are fine, but the real alpha is in the SVGs. And if you find projects that are using SVG files, there's a good chance they're doing that because these are super lightweight. We're talking six to eight kilobytes. 
and the way it's coded in, you can actually pull all the information you need from a single smart contract call to the to the NFT smart contract. So what that means for everybody else is just these ghosts aren't going anywhere. They will be on chain in every form, all their traits, all their on chain data, but also their visuals will be accessible as long as that blockchain that it's stored on is up and running. In our case, we're running on Polygon Network, which is a layer two side chain that is EVM compatible and basically like little brother to Ethereum. So very cool in the sense that as long as that chain is up and running, then so are the Avogachis. And I think that's a very powerful, optimal way to do things. It's not one size fits all when you're designing a good NFT project. So I can't say like everybody should do that, but it definitely informed our decision for why we went with the aesthetic we did. And it was very intentional. We had seen some success with this model from our friends at Avastars. So that's really the pioneering project that first did that. And they stored everything on the Ethereum network visually. And we wanted to follow suit with that. Now, another thing we did that, that as you mentioned, was the wearables. These are 1155 semi-fungible NFTs. They're a different type of NFT. They're also a little lighter weight, cheaper to transfer, cheaper to mint. But what they can do is they can actually, we use a seldom used standard where the Avogachi is like the parent NFT and it acts like a wallet. I mean, you can actually deposit other NFTs into it. So when you go to Avogachi.com, you have this cute little ghost you own and you click the equip button. It really is like a game. You're going to equip different wearables into different slots. So you can put a hat on the head. You can put a jacket on the body. You can put a, a basketball in its hand. And each one of those items are also 1155 NFTs. And mm. if that Avogachi were to be traded on a marketplace or you gift it to a friend, not only does the Avogachi go to the new wallet, but any equipped item is hardwired to it on the smart contract side. So you actually could, you could potentially be moving three, four, five NFTs all at the same time. And so it's kind of like a Build-A-Bear using NFTs. <laughs> Yeah, the word that comes to mind is playful, mm. right? This is a really fun experience. As an adult, this isn't necessarily a kid's game. Mm. It's a game where people of all ages, really, so long as you have access to this tech, are able to enjoy and actually level up based on their participation. And it seems like knowledge of the different features that are continuously being introduced and implemented into the game, right? So we'd love to hear about your thoughts on play to earn. Like what is your thesis when it comes to this play to earn phenomenon that we've seen introduced by Axie Infinity, which is a game that probably a few people on this podcast have heard of because I've brought Jiho on before as a guest. Nice. So yeah, would would love your thoughts there. Yeah, playful is definitely the word that we love to use when we're making design decisions for Avogachi. In fact, when people say, well, what kind of NFTs do you guys have here? We say, well, we define ourselves as playable NFTs. So they're intrinsically playable because you can have fun with the Avogachi itself doing some of the actions we just talked about, petting it even. We have a petting feature which raises kinship scores. It's a measure of, of your on-chain activity with your Avogachi. Those things are all intrinsic to the experience of the Avogachi itself. But then we also see it as a 
avatar to plug into other games that are built by the community or by the dev team around the Avagachi. So there's like two tiers of those, and they both offer opportunities for play to earn. So we started with the intrinsic ones. After we launched in March, what we did is we see play to earn as a very powerful way to do revenue sharing or aligning incentives between the developers, the leaders of the community, and then the kind of just investors, like anyone who's exposed to the project. And so what we did is we looked at the first sale, the first NFT drop was 10,000 Avagachis. And it was a flat rate of, I think, 100 ghost tokens, GHST tokens per. And then there were a bunch of wearable items for sale as well. Everything sold out, like within the first, the, the gachis sold out in a minute and the wearables sold out in the next hour. And then it was just a matter of what we had put forward as a revenue sharing model. We said 40% of all the gross revenue would immediately uh, be channeled through the smart contract into a separate balance. And that's our rewards pool. And so that rewards pool got funded to the tune of 1.4 million ghost tokens overnight. And that 1.4 million became the rewards pool for our first season of rarity farming. This is our metagame. This is our play to earn like central thesis here is saying Mm -hmm. you buy into the game by purchasing assets for the game, avagachis, wearables. And then if you actually take care of your crypto pet, if you actually stay engaged, there's various leaderboards that you're going to climb by doing on-chain activity. And so that your buy-in actually in the end comes back to you to a significant degree. And it's quite exciting to see. I mean, what we did is that season lasted eight weeks, four two-week rounds. And over each of those rounds, there was a snapshot of all three leaderboards. And if your Avagachis were anywhere on that leaderboard, anywhere in the top 5,000 of the 10, if you're on the top half, you're getting airdropped ghost tokens. I mean, you're farming mm, them. Amazing. From, yeah. So one, over eight weeks, we distributed 1.4 million ghosts at the time was like, I don't know, over a dollar. So we're talking about millions, <laughs> probably about a million dollars worth of, of value floating around over those eight weeks. And the lovely part is it aligns incentives. People see the payouts happening in real time and the energy they put into their Avagachi being rewarded. And it just like further strengthens the bond of the community. And you end up seeing a lot of us being excited to reinvest and get more wearables and climb the leaderboard more and look forward to the next season, which actually just started. So now we're in season two and the reward pool is bigger than ever. So we have a we have two million ghosts to distribute over the next uh, eight weeks by mid-December. Wow. And ghost is more valuable, almost double what it was, I think, last time around. So when you measure it in fiat, the rewards pool is much, much bigger this time around. Do you think the concept of yield farming needed to exist in order for you to come up with this idea of climbing the leaderboard, farming tokens, and getting the native ghost, yeah, native ghost token and having that be the way to incentivize active? participation? Yeah, I think it's definitely been a huge influence seeing DeFi and us being so close with the DeFi space relative to maybe other NFT projects. We're very aware of some of the models that are out there for incentives for providing liquidity. And in a sense, by you coming in and purchasing a Avagachi, you're kind of providing liquidity to the game environment. And so it's kind of a, yeah, it's the same 
theory just applied to a bit more of a gamified UI, a bit more of a gamified experience and a much, much cuter experience than your average DeFi (laughs) protocol. Yeah, definitely making that more accessible for the average person. Now, for someone who is doing this, right, being an active participant of the game, are they then also active in the DAO? Can you talk about that connection? Mm. So by having an Avagachi or holding Ghost Token, you're not required to be in the DAO, but by having those various assets, they're all recognized as voting power in our DAO. So the entire project was kickstarted through something called a DAO plus ICO, D-A-I-C-O. And ICO is a bad word now, but what we (laughs) did is we looked at Vitalik's tweet about a year and a half ago where he advocated for a better version of that where the devs who want to fundraise for a project or distribute a token don't necessarily get access to all the funds that come in from the sale of that token right away. And that's what happened here is we don't own the tokens that go into that bonding curve. And then what happens is there's just like a a faucet that the ghost token holders control and they control that faucet as basically a payment to contract with Pixelcraft Studios as the dev team. So we have to hit our marks. We have to deliver what the community wants or they turn off the faucet. And so we are work for hire, working for the ghost holding community. And I think it makes for a very healthy relationship. We've recognized that early on, we wanted to do something like this. We wanted ultra transparency and we wanted to do the bidding of the community. So there's been a couple of times where the DAO has made proposals for things that I personally maybe was skittish on. Like, I don't know if that's a good idea or if now's the right time, <laughs> yeah. but um, we'll put them through. And usually they prove me wrong. So it's a really fun community to be a part of. I mean, it's rare that you get to participate so directly in building a new game, a new IP, a new game economy. So It's very hands-on. And over time, we kind of have a three-phase plan that just further decentralizes. So right now, it's more like the DAO signals through snapshot votes Mm -hmm. and says, here's what we want to do. And there's templates and rules in place for thresholds. And then we as Pixelcrep usually have the dev power. We have to go in and build what they say or, or adjust what they ask. But over time, more and more of this is going to get outsourced to multi-sig wallets, budgets for committees. We're already starting this process where we just launched a committee that now controls all the friends point rewards for ghost stakers. So we don't control that anymore. It's um, more and more going into the hands of these committees. And then those committees don't have to rely on us to implement their plans. So within the next two years or so, we will be on a, uh, we're on a path to be fully decentralized. And as Pixelcraft, we can build games for the Avogadji ecosystem but the game is every day more and more being nurtured and guided by the DAO. So it's fun. I think it's a little dangerous to say, but I think we literally may be most active DAO in the world today, (laughs) depending how you define it. Oh, wow. Yeah. How do you define it? (laughs) I define it by, yes, good question. So I'm not defining it by the TVL for sure, because some of these DeFi protocols like Aave have billions of dollars under management. And so it's not by the value per se that they're managing, but the Avogadji treasury is still millions of dollars. You can go to avogadji.com slash treasury, and you can view in real time the funds coming into the wallets of the DAO. I would define it more as just the number of snapshot proposals, 
the number of proposals that reach quorum and actually get enacted. We've had 13 improvement proposals passed so far. And those are with really high quorums. They have to go through two rounds of voting. Basically, anybody can put forward an idea as long as it fits the right template and like checks all the boxes on formatting. Then it has to reach like millions of voting power points before it can level up to a, a core proposal. And we've had 13 of those passed so far in just the last six months. Wow. So we're averaging like two AGIPs every month. And it keeps us uh, very busy at Pixelcraft doing all of this. So yeah, the snapshot, there's actually a couple websites that do analytics for DAOs. And two weeks ago, we checked on there and we held 10 of the top 10 spots on their front page. The name of the site is evading me right now. It's like Dow Boards or Dow uh-huh. L. Does this ring a bell? No, but yeah. I, anyway, I I'll provide a link later. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised though, because you, one of the things I love about Avagochi is that you have these very thoughtful cycles, right? Like the magic of NFTs allows this wonderful cycle where the creators and the players or the buyers, the audience can just collaborate together. So for Snapshot, I will disclaimer that I do hold an Avagochi. And if I do go vote, I do get points that I can use to level up my pet. And therefore I am rewarded Mm -hmm. for being a good participant in that way for being a good aware governance governor and you also just like really do have a lot of thoughtful mechanisms as i mentioned you mentioned staking Mm -hmm. and you had bid to earn a month ago could you elaborate more on those mechanisms because one of the things i do like about avagochi is that you have very many entry points to it yeah so if you're interested in molding the shape of a developing game in real time, then the the DAO is almost like a game in itself. So first, that would be one. It's like voter, you know, voting sounds cool until you start doing it and you realize, oh my gosh, it's actually a lot of work and responsibility. And maybe there's a reason we don't do it so often in real life. But what we did is we made sure to gamify it. So like you mentioned, if you have an Avogachi, you'll actually earn experience points for your Avogachi and level it up by participating in voting. And that goes for voting yes or voting no, just considering the proposal and, and of course, not influencing which way you vote. So we try to make it fun. Most of the DAOs in the world today are very busy doing governance for very important decisions around lots and lots of value for DeFi protocols. And a lot of times they become kind of rubber stamps. You see what the DAO, that the core developers suggest and they just uh, sign off. In our case, we're developing a game And I can think of at least two occasions where us as the core team were not necessarily promoting or endorsing an idea, but they either voted yes or no against us. So I love that. I love the the give and take and you're building a game together. So it's a lot of fun. The other ways to get involved are many. I think a lot of people, they start with the actually the token first, GHST. They go to avogachi.com and they can just uh, click on stake. And one of the things we kind of definitely think is a mission of ours is to make DeFi approachable for people that otherwise wouldn't consider DeFi. So we have a staking mechanism that is very simple. You deposit your ghost into this contract and it rewards you with basically loyalty points. They're called friends and they're not a token. They're just loyalty points. And um, that's a starting point for a lot of people. They come in, they stake, they get these points, they exchange those. Those are convertible for raffle tickets and those are NFTs. And these tickets actually are one-time use opportunities to win 
really rare exclusive NFT wearables that we occasionally do basically on a quarterly basis. So people will come in, stake their ghost, gather up their raffle tickets, and then hope for the best and sometimes come away with really valuable NFTs. And then the other option is some people come in and they say, I don't want to do the raffle, but I will sell my raffle tickets and earn a really good APY. So it's actually a roundabout way of growing your ghost stack. I've seen a lot of people do that as well. And it's a healthy market full of buyers and sellers. So that's one way. The other way is to just get your first Avogachi right out the gate. They are, I think, pretty pricey still, even with the new Avogachis, the Haunt 2 second generation. I think the floor now is about 700 Ghost, give or take. And that's something that we want to address going forward when our main Gachiverse game comes out. We have like a DeFi RPG that's on the way. And we want to introduce some free-to-play methods where if you don't have an Avogachi, you can play as these other characters. They may not have all the same playing experience, the same features, but definitely you can participate and even farm some tokens. So yeah, just getting an Avogachi is another great way. And you mentioned bid to earn. It's always good to be on the lookout for an entry point. And one of those is these uh, auctions we do. So we have an auction coming up at the end of this month. And that is going to be the first auction for land parcels in this DeFi RPG. We've in the past, we've done them for wearables and even for the second generation Avogachis. But what those are is it's bid to earn. So you come in, all you need are some ghost tokens. You come in, you make a bid on an item you'd like to have, an NFT. And the idea is kind of, it's like a game. You bid as early as you can because you kind of want to be outbid initially. Somebody else comes in and outbids you. And because they commit the capital in real time, their ghost tokens get locked up. There's an immediate return of your funds plus a percentage of the what you were outbid by. So you end up actually getting paid to lose the auction. And we didn't pioneer this ourselves, but we recognize the potential of it. And there's a great startup called GBM Auctions. GBM.auction, I believe, is the website. They've partnered with one other company before us that did really rare celebrity one-of-one NFTs. We said we want to do this, but on a massive scale with like 20,000 Avogachis being auctioned all at once, 20,000 individual auctions. And they said, this is crazy. But they went along and looked closer and were like, okay, we can actually do this. It'll be a lot of fun. And so, yeah, that's another great entry point. These GBM auctions are so fun. And the only way you lose is if you overbid for something that you didn't really want and you were just expecting to get outbid. I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing that. But if you come in and you bid and you get outbid, you walk away with more ghosts. And if you end up winning, well, then you win the NFT. So those have been a lot of fun. We've done two to date. And the biggest one to date will be this auction at the end of October. I think it's going to be absolutely just so much fun. We're redoing the whole user interface for it because you're going to be kind of exploring the Avogachi world, the world map. So you're going to be kind of like, not just going through a list of NFTs, but actually flying around and interacting with the parcels and deciding, you know, which ones you want to bid on because they're all unique. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's a really cool, cool model we're very happy with. Yeah. And again, disclaimer that I do play this, but I'm definitely looking forward to the next auction because during the last one, I don't have the biggest ghost stack, but I I think I had a thousand ghosts. And then by the end of the three-day auction, I had a 200 extra ghosts from rewards and from just being beaten in auctions. And that was like really cool. That was also like a great return for three days 
of playing or three days of quote unquote, just running around the marketplace completely uninformed and just setting <laughs> the lower bids, which was still really cool, a very good return for being just like arbitraging and running around and looking at these listings. It's for, and it was a great and fun time. And so you mentioned your DeFi RPG. Mm-hmm. You have land coming out soon. Could you tell us more about the mechanics? And as you said, there's going to be an entry point for people who can't afford Avigochi to participate in your new metaverse. Yeah, this might be the next best opportunity, right? We try to create a couple opportunities every few months, every couple months, as often as possible for new people to come in. And the GBM bid to earn auctions is one way, no matter what the item is. But for the end of this month, it's going to be the first time we've ever done a land parcel sale. So I think it's a whole new kind of fresh, clean slate for everybody. It doesn't require you to have an Avogadro. It doesn't require you to have wearables. Again, all you need is the ecosystems token, GHST. And as long as you have those, you're able to participate. And it's on Polygon. If you've never been on Polygon before, it's super easy. All you need is your normal crypto wallet, typically MetaMask. You download that. And then when you visit Avogadro.com for the first time, if you're not on Polygon, because the default is Ethereum, the website will actually tell you, click here to switch, and it'll automatically switch you over. So it's like six months ago, that wasn't possible, but it's getting easier and easier all the time for people to onboard and come over to Polygon. The reason we're over there is because there's no hardly any transaction fees. So it's a much, much less risky and less painful experience for trading and doing on-chain transactions. But back to your question, the Realm land parcels, there's going to be three types. You've got the different sizes, basically. So you've got the humble parcel, the reasonably sized parcel, (laughs) and the spacious parcel. And when you fly around on the map, you'll be able to easily identify them because they're like one is rectangle shaped, one square. And the cool thing that maybe differentiates it from some of these other metaverse games that have done land sales in the past is our DeFi element. So the reason it's a DeFi RPG is because we said, all right, Avogadro is a DeFi NFT. We can't just not do DeFi in the metaverse. So what we did is we said every parcel will have these um, these tokens inside of them, an undisclosed amount, but you can kind of guess the range based on the size of your parcel. There's like an upper and lower limit. And then these tokens have a use case. They are your crafting ingredients to craft further NFTs for placing on top of your parcel. So if you've ever played Clash of Clans, it's a bit like that where you're going to have these items you want to put on top of your land. And some of them are for defense structures like building walls and defense towers. Others are for farming. So you're going to have harvesters and storage containers. It's uh, all very reminiscent of the kind of casual mobile gaming Clash of Clans style game genre. That part of the game is. And so... Yeah, you're going to want to consider that when you're looking at what parcel you want to bid on in the auction. You're going to think, well, okay, first consideration is what size, but then it gets more interesting because there's four types of tokens and um, they're all called Alchemica, of course, some fancy name. And so you want to get all four, but you can look on the map and if there's a, for example, a red lava looking river next to a parcel then that is one of the four tokens. It's called FOMO, and that's the red one. (laughs) And if you have FOMO up against the parcel, you get a boost. 
So it means outside of the normal range of expectation, there's also this boost that, yes, you'll get a little bit of all four items, but you're definitely going to get more FOMO. And it might be a plus one, a plus two, a plus four. And so you have all these different things to consider when you're looking at the various parcels, the size, the location, and the amount of boosters that you see for various Alchemica. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun because it really adds a whole nother layer of consideration and it makes almost every parcel unique from any other one in the world. So the game is quite large. This is the first auction of three before the game goes live in the end of the year. So the goal is to have it out live by the end of the year, late December, right around Christmas time would be wonderful. And between now and then we have three distribution auctions. So the first one will be the end of this month. And it's basically the northeast portion of the game map. And then two more after that. And these three sales will fill out the what we call the Citadel, which is basically the first release of this game. Later next year, Q1, the drawbridge of this big safe city called the Citadel will go down. And suddenly we'll be introducing a much more gamified experience where those free-to-play characters come into play. And they're actually the arch nemesis of the Avagachi. They're called liquidators. They're cute robots with really long tongues. And they want to liquidate your Alchemica reserves. And so there's going to be a little bit of a, almost a Pac-Man-like battle at that point. It's like an Easter egg hunt outside of the Citadel would be the simplest way I could say it. Imagine a big Easter egg hunt, hunting for those Alchemica and racing the liquidators for it. So yeah, kind of two phases. And what we're doing now is all about the kind of safer space inside of the Citadel. There's no liquidators that can steal your farmed Alchemica inside of the safety of the Citadel. I feel like you've just narrated the entire Avagachi story to me. I'm like visualizing it (laughs) as you're talking about all the different features. And now I'm sold. I'm going to go and hopefully become a virtual landowner um, (laughs) once this thing drops. That's amazing. So you've given us a really good picture of all of the different features that a new or existing Avagachi user or owner could take advantage of, right, and explore. So let's recap that a bit. And I want to ask you this, which is, what does an Avagachi power user, right, like your brand champion, what does this user look like in both the digital and metaverse world? as well as the physical world that we live in? Ooh, (laughs) I don't know about the physical because there's such a variety of people in our group. We're geographically, we're all over the world, age, gender, none of it seems to matter. Avagachi is very, very diverse. You can go in our Discord as kind of the main hub and you can just see like so much variety of ideas, experiences, backgrounds. It's so much fun. When we look at the analytics for who's visiting avagachi.com, We see Europe, Southeast Asia, like where I'm based, the US, pretty much everywhere. We have a lot of presence in almost all the top crypto markets. And we also have an ambassadors program that is extremely multilingual. We have, I think, upwards of 50 ambassadors that have at least 100 members and are advocating and localizing content. So it's really been amazing to see that uh, in the last three months really start to take on a life of its own. And so there's also guilds that are coming up where you have communities that are not necessarily ambassador programs, but they are 
people getting together, rallying around a certain wearable item that they all like. And there's this idea that once they all get in the world together, it's going to be like, there's actually an installation for the land parcel called a lodge where you're able to incorporate pretty much anybody that has the same wearable. It's like your guild's symbol, your item. So I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole here, but it's an example of how people are organizing and how they're all so different. And geography definitely is not the main concern. So yeah, I guess that kind of answered your question, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can actually see like an Avagachi exhibition as well, right? Being held in the physical space, just as there are NFT galleries or NFT pop-ups being held as well, one that is themed around Avagachi mm. and being able to, yeah, collaborate potentially with other brands, Web3 brands, and have people experience the game, but through kind of like a physical experience and taking things out of the digital and making it a bit more tangible, right? I mean, it could be in the form of merch, which is something that's quite obvious for a lot of people, but kind of extending it past those items, right? And making it an experience that you walk into. Just how, for example, like Harry Potter, right? It's a fantastical world. Clearly, it's not somewhere you can go, but now I believe like in somewhere like New York, there's a whole VR experience at the Harry Potter store where you can enter in and yeah, be able to just imagine yourself in all of those different, you know, worlds that were introduced in Harry Potter. And for fans and non-fans alike, it's a different way to experience that brand that is Harry Potter that's been around for a very long time. Yeah. So that's something that I can imagine. I think that will happen. We it's kind of interesting, like the timing of how NFTs have taken off. And I think it's not completely unrelated to the various lockdowns and the COVID situation of the last two years. So the world has been accelerated and looking for ways to express ourselves and connect. We have a desire to connect. And when it's taken away in one tangible space, then we've quickly recalibrated and entered an NFT world on crypto Twitter and these metaverses. So as the world opens up, I hope we can also occupy that space and create some tangible experiences for Avagachi. One fun example that is definitely, it's on our roadmap officially, and <laughs> it's going to take some real engineering to realize, but we are very serious about having a full circle completion where the Avagachi is an NFT on a keychain on what would probably be a very unique looking hardware wallet that looks all a bit like it's inspired by the original Tamagotchi. That would be full circle to me if we can get to that point and have an Avagachi uh, hardware wallet. Got to talk to Trezor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah super cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm honestly very excited for Land. When you release the white paper for this new phase, there's this beautiful, colorful map. You have so much lore packed into that document and it's very exciting to me because I do want to play in this little fantasy world and it's very satisfying to see that you've fleshed out this world in the slide paper so I highly recommend people checking that out it's on Avigochi mm -hmm. so yeah to wrap up you have a very exciting month ahead of October so to for our listeners if they'd like to participate what are the key dates this month that they should be aware of yeah so rarity farming season two just started but the key dates for that the first one would be october 26 and basically 
that's when the first snapshot of the leaderboards will be. So if you have a gachi with good rarity, a gachi with good kinship, or a gachi with good experience points, and it's on those leaderboards in the top 5,000, it's going to be getting airdrops some amount of ghost tokens. So really anything before that, it doesn't really matter. But if you have an Avogadro, you should be petting it. If you don't and you want to get one before then, it might be worth considering. And um, that'll be exciting. So every two weeks from then on till mid-December, we'll be uh, doing rounds of rarity farming, those 2 million ghosts. The other one, of course, is the realm sale, which I'm happy to say it looks like it's going to be the last weekend of the month. So if you're thinking about Avogadro's being ghosts and it's Halloween weekend, it's kind of the perfect time to get some land in a spooky virtual world. So um, we're very excited to do that. And that that's probably the biggest thing of the month. It's the first opportunity for people to dive in and get their stake in this metaverse we're building. And that'll carry on. We'll have a second round in November but it'll be a geographically different part of the Citadel. And like I say, by the time we get to December, there'll be one last chance and then the game will go live. So yeah, it's going to be a busy Q4, but what Q isn't busy, so. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, some of those parcels will be distributed by raffles, if oh, I remember correctly, yes. right? Thank you for reminding me. That goes back to the staking of Ghost. And so this first auction, we usually do the auction first, immediately followed by a raffle. So there's 20,000 land parcels total for the October release, but only it's 80-20 Pareto principle. 16,000 of them will be in the auction. We'll be flying around, bidding on them in the auction. But 4,000 of them are reserved for the raffle that will follow just shortly after, maybe the week after. So in order to qualify for potentially winning those, you need to stake tokens and turn the friends points into drop tickets. We have a lot of different types of tickets. Most of them are for wearables, but the drop ticket is only for the, in this case, that's the only one that works for winning these parcels. So it kind of looks like a, a black colored ticket with a purple, like a uh, crystal ball in the middle. So it's a really cool ticket and it's just for acquiring, potentially winning one of these 4,000 round parcels. So yeah, good. Thanks. Good call on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one strategy can be like getting a small stack of ghosts in the very beginning and just like running around and bidding and losing the mm -hmm. bidding. And then you just keep on building your small ghost stack and then just stake them all and then just cash out all your friends to tickets in the last drop, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, again, as mentioned, I love how accessible there's so many ways you can go about and participate. And yeah, it's been a cool year seeing Avigochi grow and develop. And I guess my last question is, what would you say has been this experience of being a Web3 native gaming studio? And like, how do you think that differs from being a traditional Web2 game two studio, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a fun one. Because we started like, honestly, at the beginning of the journey, we were Web3 only, and we're good at the smart contracts we'd pioneered for NFTs and previous projects. And we kind of had this idea of like definitely the intrinsic experience of the Avogadro, but we weren't quite confident or sure how, where we would, would it be well-received and would we ever get to the second phase, which was to build the metaverse around it and how ambitious could that be? And I'm very happy with where we are. We've been able to grow our team to nearly 30 full-time, the great majority of which are developers. And we have a team within that team that is 
basically industry veterans from the gaming industry, the traditional gaming industry. And so they're having a ton of fun because they're learning about Web3 and like we onboard someone from like, I don't know, uh, Capcom or something. And I'm giving them walkthroughs on how to set up MetaMask and get their ghost. And then likewise, they're showing us like different game theories and game loops. And the game design has been so much fun to be a part of. It's kind of a dream come true in that way. So we want to build something ambitious. We knew we didn't want to just be a kind of virtual space to just do a casual meetup. We wanted to have an element of like a real game, like some destruction to go with the creation, some drama, some competition. And so, yeah, we're very happy with what's shaping up to be maybe, dare I say, a whole new game genre. We'll just have to see how it comes out of the oven. (laughs) Such a fun conversation. Jesse, thank you so much for hopping on Oasis Unstacked. I learned a ton about Play to Earn, about Avagachi, and excited to introduce this to our audience as well. So hope to bring you on again very soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.